The Gospel is written in the 14th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke, beginning at the 14th verse. Glory Glory be be to to thee, thee, O O God. God. A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Now one regular topic of press debate in relation to the monarchy is around who has been primarily responsible for modernizing the monarchy during the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. In a profile piece that I read earlier this week, the Duke of Edinburgh was acclaimed in that role. It is, of course, a role that has um, been claimed for Princess Diana in the past and now is most often assigned to her children. I want to suggest today that the person who most fundamentally redefined monarchy was actually Jesus Christ and that our own monarch, as head of the Church of England and because of her own personal faith, understands and seeks to apply that in her life and her reign. Jesus entered Jerusalem in the role of an Old Testament king, fulfilling prophecy about the Messiah by doing so, yet humble, riding on a donkey. At the Last Supper, he washed the feet of his disciples and taught that now I, your master, have washed your feet, you also should wash the feet of others. He then took that teaching to its logical end and laid down his own life for all people everywhere through his death on the cross. His followers took that teaching to heart and it characterized all that they did and said. So we have heard today in our epistle, the writer of the first letter of John state that we know love by this, that Jesus laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Jesus also told many stories of messianic banquets 
as in our gospel reading today, which depict the coming kingdom of God in which all are welcome at the banquet, particularly the poor and marginalized, the only ones to miss out being those who actively reject the invitation to come. And in all these ways, Jesus truly is the servant king. The queen's personal commitment to her role as monarch and her service to the people of the United Kingdom are grounded in a deep faith in Jesus Christ, which has been a real inspiration to countless citizens of nation and commonwealth. She has said that for her, the teachings of Christ and her own personal accountability before God provide the framework in which she tries to lead her life. As the new king, uh, as the new queen, in her 21st uh, birthday broadcast from Cape Town on the 21st of April, 1947, she gave this message to the empire. There is a motto which has been borne by many of my ancestors, a noble motto, I serve. Those words were an inspiration to many bygone heirs to the throne. I can make, she said, my solemn act of dedication with a whole empire listening. I should like to make that dedication now. It is very simple. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have the strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. Her prayer was that God would help her to make good that vow, and it is to God that she has turned for inspiration as she has sought to fulfill it. She has said that for me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is an inspiration and an anchor in my life, a role model of reconciliation and forgiveness. He stretched out his hands in love, acceptance, and healing. Christ's example has taught me to seek to respect and value all people of whatever faith or none. In his sermon at St. Paul's Cathedral for the service celebrating the Diamond Jubilee, the Archbishop of Canterbury said that the Queen has shown a quality of joy throughout her reign in the happiness of others and has responded to them with generosity showing honor to countless local communities and individuals of every background and class and race. And as a result, there can really be no better way for the Christian churches to celebrate the Queen's 90th birthday than to take the opportunity to dedicate ourselves anew to the service of God and to seek the common good through love of our neighbors near and far. As the Archbishop suggested in his Diamond Jubilee sermon, 
we should seek the rebirth of an energetic, generous spirit of dedication to the common good and to public service, the rebirth of the recognition that we live less than human lives if we think just of our own individual good. May it be so for each one of us. Amen.